0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Reading from the International Version of the Bible, Matthew chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered into the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath, and yet they're innocent. I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, Jesus went to their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored. Just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah Here is my servant whom I have chosen. He is the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed will he not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, until he has brought justice through to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see all the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Now Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, He's divided against Himself. How then can His kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions, unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings up good things out of the good stored up within him, and an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil that's stored in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest, and it does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. The final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, "'Your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to speak to you.' He replied to them, "'Who is my mother and who are my brothers?' Pointing to his disciples, he said, "'Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother.'" The chapter starts with the Pharisees rebuking Jesus because the disciples of Christ had been picking grain on the Sabbath and eating it. And so this was against their understanding of the religious prohibitions for the Sabbath concerning no work. Picking food when you're hungry from the fields and eating it was something that the Pharisees said that was a a violation of the Sabbath. And so Jesus not only defended what his disciples did on the Sabbath, he went on to say that he was Lord of the Sabbath and that he was greater than the Sabbath. In verse 5, Jesus said, Haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath, and yet they're innocent. I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. And so he's saying that that the priests who were on duty were working in the temple on the Sabbath. And so in that respect, while they were working, they were violating... Uh, the Sabbath rules and regulations, and yet Jesus said they're innocent, and certainly the Pharisees held them innocent too. But then Jesus made the startling declaration, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And then in verse 8, he said, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So in those two statements, Jesus is saying that he, the person who's talking, is greater than both the temple of, of Solomon and greater than the sabbath day that had been established from creation remember the lord established the sabbath on the seventh day he rested from the genesis narrative of the creation account and then it was later written in uh, in exodus chapter 19 into the 10 commandments the honoring of the sabbath but the point that he's making the religious leaders of his generation were trying to correct him. He's the son of God. He's the author of these things. He's greater than the temple. He's greater than Judaism. He's greater than the Sabbath. And then they went on to accuse him of driving out demons by the power of the devil. Jesus responded in verse 26, if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, By whom do your people drive them out? Verse 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus was saying, You're attributing my power to the devil. I'm telling you, the power that I have is from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was operating in the Spirit and casting out devils. And then he goes on to talk about what has been called the unforgivable sin, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. This, um, this passage talks clearly about this sin. In verse 31 he says, And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. And so what is this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? In my opinion, following on the heels of what just took place, the religious leaders had been attributing the power that Jesus was operating in to the devil. And Jesus responded and said, no, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what he's cautioning them against, I believe, is attributing the power of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Because if you say what God is doing is from the devil, how can you be saved in this age or in the age to come? You don't even recognize the Holy Spirit of God in operation. I don't believe that this is a, an unforgivable sin for one mistake. I believe this is the pattern of a lifetime, attributing the power of God to the power of the devil. Now, I know there are different theological understandings of it, but that's my understanding from this passage. So Jesus was warning them and we're warning us Be careful what you say. Don't attribute supernatural things automatically to the power of the devil. If it's the Spirit of God who's doing these things, then you're in opposition to the Holy Spirit and you're in danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Jesus went on to say that he was greater than Jonah, he was greater than Solomon, and he gave a caution in verse 37. He said, "By your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned." So what do I have to say about that? I say, friends, as Christians, we need to watch our mouths. We need to be very careful what we say about other people, both believers and unbelievers. The Lord is always listening. If you just imagine that someone was following you around with a video recorder every minute of your life, you would have a pretty good understanding of what we'll be dealing with in eternity. Because the Bible says that by your words, you will be acquitted. By your words, you'll be condemned. It says in other places that the Lord hears, those things that we say. The Lord observes not only our words, but our thoughts. And so you need to be very careful what it is that you say, what it is you declare, uh, what it is you accuse other people of. When you accuse, you come into agreement with the devil. He's the accuser of our brethren. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be those who watch what we speak I pray that we would speak words that cause us to be acquitted on the day of judgment and that we would not speak words that cause us to be condemned. Remind us, Lord, Jesus is greater than the priest, greater than the temple, greater than the Sabbath, greater than everything within Judaism, greater than everything that exists, both within the known universe and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.